you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Hey, podcast listeners. If you happen to have a strong-willed kid who is kind of pushing every one of your buttons lately, I have a resource for you. I made you guys a free guide where you're going to get some tools and tips and strategies to quickly get on the road to creating a happier household. I know you're pulling your hair out. I wanted to make you something so you could start getting some quick wins and building some momentum. So if you want to grab your copy, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide. And I hope you enjoy it. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi guys. In this episode, I want to talk about parenting your other kids, like your non-strong-willed ones. Um, I want to speak to this because I was having a conversation with someone who has a strong-willed kid, as most people. I know do have at least one, especially people that are called to listen to my podcast or join my membership community and, and work with me. Um, and we were talking about, you know, like the other kid that flies under the radar, um, and just how often we can be so focused. The whole family is focused on the strong willed ones because there's that saying, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So, most of us jump into trying to fix and happy up our unhappiest child. And um, as a result, the entire balance of the family can be skewed and off because it's like we just get tunnel vision for happying up that child. I think it's interesting. Um, I just was listening to an interview with Dr. Kristen Neff. And um, she's a professor at the University of Texas in Austin, and she was talking about a concept called emo empathetic resonance, and it all of a sudden explained why we go into fix-it mode. It's because we are, as humans, empathetically resonant with other people, especially with other people that we love and are in deep relationships with. So for a parent and a child... That is, that's why we take on their emotions. So when we have these strong-willed kids who just kind of are, seem like life is, they're just angry and there's, you know, something going on with them. They've got some kind of big unregulated emotion inside or they've had a crummy day and they're, they don't have the coping skills to feel better or to deal with whatever is, you know, upsetting them on the inside. That's why they act that way on the outside so usually, you know, all those 
lovely behaviors that we deal with. It's really just lacking skills. Like they're trying to get a need met, but they're lacking skills. So when they show up with all these big emotions, we take that on. Like we match their vibe, right? And um, and we do it unconsciously because that's how we're designed as humans to be um, empathetically resonant. And and so what what do we unconsciously do? We jump into fix it mode. We want to happy them up. We want to fix it. And um, because we want to feel better, ultimately, yes, we want our child to feel better, but we also want to feel better. So it's it's easy to get tunnel vision to wanting, you know, in terms of wanting to feel better yourself, right? Like you want to feel like I'm putting my all into this family and this unhappiest member is not setting the tone. So you jump into that and before you know it, you have neglected lots of the other needs of the family accidentally. So I just wanted to kind of bring this to your attention because um because you know the first step in any type of change is awareness. You got to be aware of the issue. And and I know for me a lot of times as soon as I become aware of something I'm like, "Oh, that is totally the deal." And I immediately jump into not doing that anymore or just being more aware of it and when I find myself doing it quickly shifting gears um, or putting words to, oh, I'm doing it again. Listen, you know, there's a lot of members in this family and we're going here for dinner. If that's not where you want to go for dinner, then um, you have an option. We can come up with another option for you to stay home, for you to go and stay at Mimi and Papa's house, for you, for me to call and hire a babysitter. The other four members of this family would like to go to this restaurant. So, you know, a lot of times these strong-willed kids, it's like they act like these little Napoleons and they want to choose everything. And then you have your other kids going, what about me? Don't I have an opinion that matters? And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll find ourselves a lot of times tiptoeing and walking on eggshells around these kids because nobody wants to upset and unleash the beast, but it really does create such an imbalance of power. And, and, and the funny thing is, is that the more Napoleonic these kids act, the more they actually don't want to be that power hungry person. They actually want mom and dad to step into that pack leadership and they want more balance in the family. And they also, yeah, they want the spotlight off of them, even though they act like they really want the spotlight on them and they're going to dig their heels and constantly, um, you know, demand that they get their way. The truth is all kids feel safer in the world when there is a calm adult pack leader in charge who's saying, yeah, we're not doing it that way. I get that you really were in the mood for that. And let's talk about when we can make that happen. And the other four members of of this family have voted on this. Like they actually feel safer when we consistently show up as that person that is humane about it. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to be a jerk. But the kids know they're not supposed to be running the show. So the ones that act like the biggest dictators and are constantly power struggling, they're actually pushing you 
and they're like, it's almost like, you know, like woman up, man up, mom and dad. Like I'm, I'm five or I'm 13 or I'm 16. Like I'm still a kid. I'm not supposed to be the puppet master here. And you guys are not supposed to be walking on eggshells. Like I'm just unregulated inside my body and feeling terrible. And that's why I'm acting this way on the outside. Like if they could put words to what's going on, this is what it would be. And it helps me to feel more grounded and safe in the world when you show up with calm, assertive pack leadership and stop dancing around me like a circus monkey. So they don't know that they're feeling that way, but that is what's going on. So when you consistently show up looking at what are the needs of the other family members and how you guys work as a team and not, and one person doesn't get their way all the time or doesn't get you know, their opinion listened to 85% of the time and the other 15% is split between the other family members. That throws the balance off and it doesn't make kids feel safe. It also feels incredibly unfair to your other child, okay? These strong-willed kids, they secretly subconsciously wish they could fly under the radar a little bit more, but they're feeling such strong, intense emotions on the inside. That's why they act that way on the outside. That's the whole misery loves company. Like, really? you All you people are happy and y'all don't have sensitive nervous systems and you're not feeling the world's overstimulating, you know, in your bodies? Well, guess what? I do. And I'm going to act on the outside the way I feel on the inside and I'm going to you know, I'm going to put my vibe out there and bring you guys in to match it. Well, that doesn't feel good for anyone, right? And it certainly doesn't feel good for your, um, for your other kids that aren't strong-willed, who aren't having a hard time regulating their emotions. And now all of a sudden they've got to live their life based on the demands of this other child. So it's a, it's an interesting role we have to play as adults in terms of really establishing limits, establishing rules, establishing um, the way we operate as a family. We come from a place of kindness. We speak to each other with these types of words, and this is what it looks like. And when you're feeling out of control in your body, this is what you do. This is your calm down corner, or this is your space that you can go to and provide that safe space for yourself to get yourself back together and then come and rejoin us when you feel better. And if you need help developing some of those skills, I'm here to do that with you. And you guys, remember, this is the long game. This doesn't happen overnight. This is an ongoing conversation. And so we're going to be having this conversation often and often and often. But your other kids, they hear you showing up this way. They see it. You're modeling, right? This sense of assertiveness, this sense of calm leadership. You're bringing some humor into the situation and they stop feeling like their needs aren't, are being left unmet. And they stop feeling that resentment that can, that can, you know, they can harbor all this resentment on the inside because think about it. When you're looking at your sibling and you're like, why are you guys constantly doing what he wants to do when he's acting like such a jerk? Like, I'm over here doing the right thing 
And nobody's saying, hey, what restaurant do you want to go to? Like that can harbor a lot of resentment in our non-strong-willed kids. And so I just want to bring some awareness to that. And, um, and if, you know, if you find yourself doing this or you have done it, don't beat yourself up because that's why I explain the emotional, I mean, I keep wanting to say emotional resonance, but it's really empathetic resonance is, um, it, I think it's actually empathic resonance, but whatever you guys get the gist, um, taking on the feelings of other people that you're, that you deeply care about. And so, um, so we want to, we just want to remember that it's, you know, it doesn't feel good for anyone when we're walking on eggshells around our strong-willed kid. It doesn't work. You're not going to avoid the meltdown or the conflict. The meltdown or the conflict is always going to come as long as those skills are lacking and especially if they feel like they have the power and control in the family and um and that's causing them to feel even more unsteady and ungrounded and it just doesn't feel good for anyone. So um I want to remind you guys, I know I put it out here on the podcast my um sibling fighting tool, but I want you to remember when you're dealing with siblings that fight and bicker and argue a lot, you're not going to always intervene. You really have to choose your battles and understand when it's just not your business. But if it gets um, aggressive, violent um, in words, like if it's emotional abuse or physical abuse where one child is seriously like emotionally abusing another child or putting their hands on them, that's when you intervene and you're always going to go victim first. So whoever is, you know, if it's clear who's being, you know, one kid gets hit, then you're going, you're not going to the hitter. You're going to the one who just got hit. That's you're going victim first. We're focused on the healing, not the hurting. So uh, quite often our other kids are those kids that we're going to go to first, where we want to go to our strong-willed ones, who's the ones who are, you know, seem like they're constantly wreaking havoc and picking on their younger siblings. We want to be like, enough, stop, Do you, you know, and we want, and that focuses on the hurting. We want to always go to our other kid when they, when they've been hurt in some way. We want to put all of our focus and energy and attention on that. And if you haven't heard that sibling fighting podcast, I encourage you to go back in and do so. Um, when you talk with your other child, I want you to make sure that you are really being proactive and that you're, um, you're noticing their cooperative demeanor. You're pointing it out. You're noticing their genteel spirit. You're noticing their kindness. You're spending that quality present engaged time, pet time, and you're reinforcing the belief of being a calm leader and standing up for the things that really matter. And you're really making sure to have that nice connecting time, that pet time with your other kid, like really prioritize that. Also, when you have these productive conversations with them, like acknowledge it's difficult to be around such intense energy um, that these strong-willed people in the world bring to the table. 
and that you're always a safe haven. You're always here for them anytime you're, they want to vent. They can tell you anything. You get it. Okay. You're not talking badly about your other child. You're, I, you know, you can say things like, you know, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking the word Barney, like anyone would name their son Barney. But anyway, you know, Barney, Barney's brain is wired differently than you. Barney's Barney feels big, intense things, and Barney doesn't always have the best tools to deal with it. It could be really hard being Barney's brother. And we're all here to support him and to help him learn those skills. And it's really hard. It's really challenging. And I get it. You know, he's wired different. We're all wired differently in this family. And having someone who's wired this way, especially when you're wired in such a kind of, you know, you're a chiller. It's, it can be difficult. It can be frustrating. It can be challenging. And I want you to know I'm here for you and I get that. If you're allowing your strong-willed kid to hijack your household, remember, guys, you're doing everyone a disservice and you're all going to suffer because the strong-willed kid, the other kid, you, your marriage, all of you suffer. If this is the situation in your household, you want to create a happier household. Pack leadership training is essential. If you don't know how to get there on your own, reach out to me. Please reach out to me. We are shaping humans, you guys. And when you are a strong-willed kid or when you're a sibling of a strong-willed kid, and there's constant tension and friction in your household, it literally affects your developing brain. And it's crucial to get to a better place. So that's what I got for you guys. And I hope you have a great week. Hey, podcast listeners, if you identify with having a strong-willed kid and you're ready to start taking action because enough is enough, it's enough walking around on eggshells constantly and getting all those mumbled one-word answers based on their irritable mood every day in the car after school, go ahead and download the free resource that I made for you to start taking action immediately and creating a happier household. It's mastermindparenting.com forward slash free guide to start taking action today.